dismissed to Children's Church. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6 and Numbers chapter 13. God is calling us to more. And when that begins to become our theme, that God wants more of us, more of our lives, more of our hearts, then we have got to begin to change our minds, our thoughts, our vision, our sight. For the calling to more requires us to be different than the world. The calling to more requires that we be different than other religions. And I believe God has got a special call on Calvary to do, see more of God's presence. He wants more of us. And that means we have to be different than every other church in town. Not that we're in competition or that we're in, but we have to be different than everybody else that's doing church because we want more. God is calling Calvary to more of him and more of his an obedience to his spirit. It starts with how we see things. I am always amazed when I preach. The things that people hear. It happened again this week. Someone shared something that God spoke to them out of my message. And I went, huh? <laughs> now, it's not something I didn't say. I did say it. And, but it was just like a blip in the, in the whole sermon. When I prepare a message, I go, okay, God, here we go. This is, what are you trying to say to us? What do you want to give across to us? And so I prepare around that message that what God wants to say to us. And I really, you know, I, I, you, you probably get sick of my preaching because I sometimes repeat myself a lot. And I, because I want you to go home with remembering that thing that God has on heart for that day. And so when somebody comes and says, oh, this is what I got. And I'm going, what? That wasn't at all. What? But that's what the, you know what's so exciting? Is that that's what the kingdom of God is about. And when I preach a message, I never know what I'm going to say that's going to touch somebody's life. I've been sitting in messages. I've been sitting in services. And, and I, I don't make a good person that sits out there. Because I hear something and then I go off on a tangent in my head thinking about that for the rest of the service. And I go, okay, I need to, uh, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, okay, what's, and God just puts something in my heart. And I'm like, and I come back and I go, what did he say in between then and now? And, uh, and I get lost in the message because I was back here on that one point, that one little thing that they said that, so I understand. But isn't it amazing what God speaks into our hearts and God quickens to our spirits because of what we each individually need? It may not have been the main point. It may have not been the, the, the one thing that we all thought that the that, that pastor was trying to get across, but it's something that comes across in that message, and you go, wow, that is what I needed today. And that's exactly what God wants us to begin to look at. Are we seeing, what are we hearing from God? 
What are we allowing ourselves to see? Look at this picture with me. What do you see? Two alligators or an eagle over the mountains? I love these pictures. The first thing I saw was the eagle because I'm an eagle person, so I saw the eagle. See the eagle soaring over the mountains. Those of you who saw the crocodiles, yeah, you got something wrong with you, but that's all right. If you ever, I've, I've watched and listened to some stories and, and two people, you know, somebody gets in a car accident and two people witness the same accident and they tell completely different stories of what happened. And you go, what in the world? But you know, when you're in a different perspective, when you're in a different viewpoint, a vantage point, it may look a lot different. I've seen some things that I thought, man, that's really weird. And then you get up closer or you get a different vantage point and go, oh, that's, I don't know what I was seeing over there. But from this vantage point, it's, and it's always two different people see things. And they're also seeing them through their lenses, through all their experiences. All their, if you've had car accidents, if you've been in car accidents, you're going to see it through a different lens because you've watched for things and seen things because some of the experiences you've had, you're doing things differently than somebody who maybe hasn't been in a car accident. So it's always interesting to me to see how we look at things differently. This morning, God wants to talk to us about how we see things. What do you see? So this morning, I thought about this a little bit, and I think we're going to have some fun. Um, we're going we're gonna to kind of maybe act out our Bible story this morning. So... Um, Randy, could you get me a stool from out in the entryway? I didn't plan ahead for this one. And then I need um, 10 volunteers to stand up front, right up here facing me. 10 volunteers. Let's go. Who's going to jump up here? Come on, Frank. Here we go. Just 10 people stand up here. Thank you. I need 10 people have to be on this side. 10 of us on this side. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I need three more. Eight. Nine. Nine. One more. One more. Who's going to be the last one? Marlis. <laughs> All right. Scoot as far that way as you can. And you're going to turn and face me. You don't have to look at them. Okay. That way. You have to be on that side of the table. You don't have to, well, no, you don't really have to be in a line. No. You just have to be able to see me. And I need Pastor to come on this side. Larry, I need you to come on this side. So our, everybody knows the Old Testament story of the Israelites, they were in Egypt, and God set them free. And they walked on dry land across the Red Sea. 
they get into the wilderness and round the mountain, and then all of a sudden, they have this moment where God has been telling them he's going to lead them to the promised land. And we get to this point where he says, okay, I picked 12 people to go in. So here's my 12 spies going in to the land. And here I go, and, and Moses now, I'm Moses sitting on my little throne, and you guys are all coming back from looking at this land. And what do they see? Giants. Grapes. They're huge. A land flowing with... We can take it. We'll lose. We're like grasshoppers. There's too many of them. <laughs> it's interesting that both, all 12 that came back saw the blessings of the land. Moses, it's a beautiful land. It is. It's flowing with milk. and It's got grapes. It's got produce. It's, it, is, it is an amazing place. And then you get that one guy. Well, it was just one to start with. And he goes, I can't do it. We can't, we can't go in. No. But, but Moses, there's, there's just, there's some giants in that land. You should have seen the size of these guys. They all look like twice the size of Shaquille O'Neal. And they said, yeah, we're just like little grasshoppers. We're nothing. We can't go do this. Now, just imagine. So these guys over here, we're not going in. We can't do it. And then you got these two guys over here, Jacob, or Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb are standing here. The peer pressure alone. To say, yeah, we, yeah, we're, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, what does Josh or Caleb say first? We can take the land. Let's go possess. And immediately you guys all go, no, 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 we can't do that. We will die. And what is the first response or the, or the response that comes from these guys next? Let us go back to Egypt. We were better off in bondage rather than see what God has given us. Caleb and Joshua say, no, we can take this land. God is with us. In fact, they said to them, the, the protection has been removed from these people. That means God is not keeping this land from us. God has removed any protection from them. The enemy cannot win. And these guys over here, you men of little faith, no. And what does it say Joshua does? ripped his clothes and they 
fell down and said, guys, God is able. But all of you guys out there believe them. Democracy in action. Ten to two, you lose. But what, who lost in the end? All of you. All of you. You lost. Why? Because God says you don't get to go see what I have for you. These men and their faith are going to see the promised land. These two. Because they saw what God could do. He says they are going to see the promised land. question this morning is, whose report are we going to believe today? The report of a bunch of faithless spies? (laughs) Come on. Every one of us in this room has been a faithless spy. We can't see what God is saying. And so we get questioning whether God can do it or not. And we all would have done what they did and what the Israelites did. We would have gone with the crowd. There's nothing different about us. But God is calling us in our own hearts to change. And get out of this camp and get in this camp with Joshua and Caleb, and say, God is able. Thank you, you guys. I kind of like being Moses on the throne. (laughs) I couldn't let Frank be a good guy. (laughs) This... If you don't know that, that Joshua and the book of Joshua and what leads up to Joshua and the story of Joshua, it is the best story in the Bible. Joshua is like my hero, next to Jesus, of course. But Joshua and Caleb are the people, the men of God that we should be longing to be like. Think about this for just a minute. The Israelites ended up in bondage, and we've talked about this before when we went through Genesis and Exodus. They ended up in bondage, not out of result of their own sinful ways. I mean, actually, Joseph was a delivering them. And they ended up in Egypt, and because of change of leadership, because of all this stuff, they end up in bondage. And in that bondage, they see Moses come to set them free. 400 years of bondage. 400 years. And we complain because sometimes our week doesn't go well. 400 years. 
They didn't go to church probably. They probably didn't have a whole lot of activities happening. They didn't have the spirit of God like we do today. They were just in bondage. And Moses shows up and plague after plague after plague happens. And plague after plague after plague happens. And they see the hand of a mighty God. And then they get down to that last plague. Can you imagine that night? The cries and the screams that were going out as the oldest child, the oldest horse, the oldest donkey, the oldest cow was dying across the land. And because they were obedient and put blood on their doorpost, they found the protection of the hand of God. I'm talking about the things that these people saw. And finally, they are allowed to leave Egypt and they come to this, this water, a body of water, the Red Sea. And God says to Moses, just step in and touch it, it'll open. We're not talking about, we're not talking about just a miracle of water moving out of the way. It says they went across on dry ground. Have you ever tried walking in the bottom of a muddy river? I don't care how long you wait. It's going to take weeks and months before it dries out enough to walk on dry land. God said, I will let you walk across on dry land. And we're not talking about 10 people. We're talking about million or more. And they get across and the water is walls up on the side of them, and it is big enough and enough water, no matter what people want to try to tell us today, I've heard story after story that the Red Sea really wasn't that big a deal. Well, it was big enough water to come down and wash out and kill the soldiers from Egypt. I got on the other side, and every day, God gave them food. Every day, God took care of them. Every day, God was there. They saw the pillar of cloud. They saw the fire. They saw this, this amazing presence of God. And then God says to them, I have the most amazing land for you to possess. And everything they had saw, everything they had seen, went out the window. They forgot about every plague. They forgot about walking across the Red Sea. They forgot about the manna. They forgot about God taking care of them. They forgot about all of that. And they come back and go, oh, there's some giants in the land. Oh, I can't do this. We're going to die. And then to have the guts to look at a God of deliverance and say to him, we'd rather go back to bondage of Egypt. How many of us have sensed and experienced the power and the deliverance and the move of God and we would rather go back to the comfort 
of our sin and our bondage rather than take the next step and give God our all. He wants all of us. I don't know about you, but I feel like we live in a generation of the 10 spies. Because all that I can hear about and all that I can see with our physical eyes is how bad things are. How bad everything's falling apart. Whether it be church life, whether it be things that are happening in our country, or things happening in our world, it just is all a mess. And God is saying to us, I believe with all of my heart that he is saying to us one last time, I want to pour out my spirit on you. I have a promised land for you. Are you willing to walk in it and trust me? I will guarantee you there will be giants in the land. Where God moves, the enemy attacks. There will be giants. But there is no greater giant than my God, who is bigger than everything the enemy can throw at us. And if he says... Let's move forward. Let's go here. If this is what I'm going to do, then he is going to protect us and he is going to deliver them into our hands. I'm tired of listening to the 10 spies. I'm ready for some Joshua and Caleb's to begin to speak out in our generation. And begin to believe that we can take the land. That we can begin to see what God wants to do. We can't give up. I feel like the church has given up on a whole generation of people. Because it's easier to let them go to hell than it is for us to let God begin to use us and begin to move through us and take the land. God forbid that we would be content with people going to hell. No matter how evil, no matter how bad, no matter what they've done, no matter how much they deserve it, God wants to give them an opportunity to know him. And I believe he has a calling on this generation, this time, at this moment, for a great coming to in the kingdom of God. We have a moment in time when God is calling us to step up and believe what he is telling us. And I can see it in all of your minds right now. I can't talk to anybody about Jesus. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't. You're right. You can't. But the Spirit in you can change the world. Even if it's only for one person today. Even if it's only for one person next week, you can change their world.
God is calling us to be Jacob or Joshua. I don't know why I keep saying Jacob. Joshua. Caleb. What are you seeing today? I started to prepare this message about two weeks ago when God began to lay on my heart and laying out some of this series on being a warrior. And as I began to prepare this week, everything that the enemy has, he threw at me this week. And I'll be honest with you, I hate it when I have a good message and then the enemy tries to prove me wrong that I can't see what God wants. I'm only going to see the negative. And that's began what he began to do. And as we were worshiping this morning, I just had to say, Satan, get out of here. You can take all your trash and run because I'm done with you. I'm going to believe in what my God has spoken. I'm going to believe that the land of blessing and the land that he has for us, where lives are going to be changed, people are going to be experiencing a move of God, where lives are going to be set free from this, uh, the sicknesses of this world, we're going to begin to see God just begin to pour himself out, and we are going to be a part of that. God wants to use us. God wants to empower us. But what are we going to see? If all you can see this morning is the giants in the land, then you're going to end up back in Egypt. You will not experience the promise of God. The punishment to the, to the ten spies and all those who followed them was what? They didn't go into the land. They didn't get the promised land. And you know, the next generation that came along... They got to go into the promised land, but they weren't very much, a whole lot smarter. Because if you remember what Jesus, God told them to do was kill all of the inhabitants. And what did they do? Made agreements, made deals. And if I remember correctly, I didn't go back and research this. Caleb even made a deal. Didn't kill off everybody. Today, those people who were in that, those countries, those are still a problem for the Jews today because they didn't obey. But they did inherit the promised land. They did go in and receive what God had for them. There's a promised land for you and I. There's a land that God wants to move. God is doing some powerful things. God is doing some amazing things. And I believe that we are just on the verge of what God wants to do. I haven't even shared everything that's going on, but it just became official this week. But uh, many of you have met Pastor Christian and his family. They've come from Chile. Um, starting in April 1st, they're going to start a Saturday night Hispanic service here in our church and be part of us. And so it's exciting. God's giving us doors to reach the world. 
right here in our own city. We have opportunity to reach people, and that's our heart, that God is going to continue. Just God's just doing things that we didn't, this was, I had no plans of a Hispanic service. I had no plans of expanding, and yet God opens the doors, brings this great family to us, and, and just puts it in our lap. and says, here it is. I want to do something. And I'm excited what God is going to do through this family and reaching people in this community, because that's what God is calling us to do. We have to see things through his eyes. We have to see things through his eyes. We have to see things through his eyes. Not, you know, you know it, it, in all reality, when, when Pastor Christian came, and the first thing I can see is all the hindrances. Boom, 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 boom. And I go, oh man, I don't know about this. And then God says, but I've got a plan. I've got a plan. And I'm going, okay, God, let's go for it. Let's see what you're going to do. And I go, okay, God, that's what you're about. I don't, I don't have to look at the hindrance. I don't have to look at the, the things. I want to see what God's up to. Because God takes care of the hindrances. He takes care of the giants. God has a report for you to believe today. He's bigger than the giants in the land. You say, yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I'm facing today. But God does. God does. God does. Jen said earlier, we got to take those things we just, that are just, and lay it down. And say, God, I can't. This, this giant is bigger than me. And I give it to you. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep marching. I'm in your army. You take care of the giants, God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. God's looking for a team of warriors, an army that's going to rise up and say, my God is bigger than the enemy. My God is bigger than the giants. The land is ours. Are you willing and ready to say yes to Jesus this morning? Are you willing to say yes? I'm going to believe the report of the God Almighty who says he can do anything. If that's you this morning, would you stand with us and let's begin to declare to God that we are on your side, God, that we believe the report of God Almighty. We believe the report that what you have said will happen. God, that you want to save lost people, that you want to heal the sick, you want to set the captives free, that God, you want to deliver the alcoholic, you want to deliver the drug addict. God, you want to begin to do things that only you can do. Yes, we can see the giants, God, but we see you first. God, we commit to you that as soon as the enemy tries to show us how big he is and how mighty he is, that we're going to cut him down with your word, just like Jesus did in the desert. We're going to cut him down with your word. He has no authority in his place. In this place, God, you are all authority, and we're trusting your report and your word, and we see what you say. And we want to be obedient to what you say and what you want us to do. And God, I believe with all of my heart that we are moving into a new era, a new time, and a new thing that you're doing. And God, as that begins to happen, let us be obedient. Let us walk. Let us walk in victory. Let us walk in obedience. And let us not go back to where we once were. But let us move forward to where you have for us.
the worship team would come, just play something. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got a, you've been told the bad report. And you've let that bad report consume you. I want to invite you to come and lay that report down and start to believe the report of our God. If it's a health issue, I want you to come and say, God, I believe your report. I believe your word. If it's, a, if it's an issue of, of, of relationships, go give it to God. And let God begin to do what he does. If it's a financial issue, give it to God this morning and say, God, I'm trusting you. You are my helper. You are my support. But whatever the report is this morning, I encourage you not to hold on to it, but come and give it to God and say, I believe you, God, are bigger than the report that I've been given. If that's you this morning, would you come? Would you come? We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you this morning. Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Oh, we come, God. We come. We want to believe your report this morning. How big is our God? God, we want to begin to see the mighty works of God begin to take place because we're trusting you because of what you said. God, we refuse to believe the enemy and his lies. We refuse, God. We refuse some of those that believe what God has done or seen God do something. Come and stand behind these and begin to pray with them and begin to seek God with them this morning and begin to believe God with them that their report would begin to change and that what they see would begin to change. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.